You're listening to the Best Box Podcast, where we talk about how to build healthy businesses and communities in the digital era. Hosted by tech entrepreneurs, Tony Halbrook and Nicole Moore, along with portrait photographer, Jake Warren. We share insights on how to connect and serve so you can thrive as a digital entrepreneur. So. The high five to start the start the podcast. <laughs> Jake, where was your self high five? It's delayed because <laughs> I'm farther away. We wanted to make sure it didn't get trimmed from the beginning of the podcast, and it was made sure it got caught in there. So we're good. Definitely awesome. Well, happy Monday, everybody. Monday. Woo! Yes. Yes. Year of Mondays. <laughs> the month of Mondays. Is that what we called it? Sorry, what was that you said, Nicole? The yeah. yeah. I think just that. That was a month of Mondays. And then Jake's like a year of Mondays. I'm like, yep. And why does it feel like a month of Mondays? Because basically either myself or my child's been sick for a month. And that's a very long time of sick human beings. But today everybody is happy and healthy. And Travis was full of energy and he was funny. And I didn't want to ship him off with the gypsies today. It was great. We're we're back. <laughs> we're back in the... <laughs> and I, yeah, I said to the the preschool teacher, and she basically was like, "Yeah, her daughter was off for two and a half weeks in October, pretty much the same." And supposedly, it's just ruthless. Like, kids have had usually, you know, one or two colds in the fall, but it's been like every other week. And so it made me feel a little bit better that it's not just my kid; it's kind of just going around this year. But uh, yeah, so we're here. <laughs> so your your little gypsy thing reminded me of something that Alex sent me today. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, my wife and I have decided not to have children. We will be telling them it tonight at dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that allowed? Are we actually allowed to do that? <laughs> oh, yep. Oh, good times, good times. Funny, Jake, yeah. how's your Mondays been? Mondays, they're my off days now. So they're pretty awesome. It's like my Saturday of the week. And you get to hang but out with us. Yeah, exactly. I get to sleep in. Although today it was Cairo in the morning, so sort of slept right. in. Yeah. Not a bad thing. No. You, I did a little grocery shopping. Today? No, that's tomorrow. Oh. Well, there, there was classes today, though, on Mondays. There are classes on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm aware. Just in case you didn't know. And there's, a, there's this app called Best Box that we have that you can sign into your classes automatically. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Will it drive you there, though? <laughs> no, I, that's I the hard part. Is getting from my door to the gym's door. <laughs> nope, I'll pick you up. That's fine. Let's go. I'm going to be at 5:45. Right. So if you want to pick you up at 5:30. Mm. Well, this starting today, this Monday, I am booking my classes in Vestbox, but I am booking virtual on-demand classes for at-home workouts five days a week with this challenge that I'm doing for Emily's gym. So I'm in here in the gym on Saturdays for an in-person class, and then five days a week at home. Awesome. And yeah. this, this is good because we're talking about programming today and you mm -hmm. are doing something completely different. So why don't you yeah. explain a little bit about what you're doing? Uh, so six week, basically transformation challenge is what it is. And basically it's uh, six workouts a week plus uh, nutrition coaching through Precision Nutrition uh, partners, partnered with Training Day Cafe. Um, and then Emily from Raise the Bart Fitness is running it. Uh, we have a sweet accountability chat group where we're just pretty much keeping each other accountable. And it seems pretty consistent in the 
awesome group of women that were here on Saturday that most people are just kind of whether it's I've taken a couple months off or a year and a half off we all want to kind of get back and be we all got to share like why we want to do this and it was we all just want to like look forward to working out again and get in a habit before the new year because it's pretty common you wait until Jan at this point you're like ah well eh, we'll just wait until January and start so that's kind of the, the idea behind the six weeks leading up to Christmas here is getting everybody cool. working on themselves whenever that looks like. So, yeah. And good. you said the programming, it's a little bit of in gym and virtual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is kind of really fun. It's So on Saturdays, we're in person to kind of have that community aspect and, and use, use a little bit more equipment. And then basically the other five days of the week, the workouts are basically good to do either at home or at your own gym or you know somewhere else uh with like basic basic equipment some bands and some basic dumbbells uh is is the workout and you can find it in the app it's been sweet with with the best box app being able to link videos in there so pretty much it's a prescribed workout of movements you can watch the video and then to show that we've done the workout logging it and signing in so yeah Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So how, is, how have you found the the at home sort of uh, component of things? Like, is it sort of a natural step in? Uh, in terms of like working out at home? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've never been someone who works out at home. I think when like the pandemic first started and I was doing a workout here, I joked to you, I'm like, don't turn the cameras on. I did a push up and laid down and then just didn't get back up because there was <laughs> nobody standing around me to be like, do another rep. I'm like, I'm just done. I'm just going to lay here on this wonderful floor of ours. So um, I think that's going to be my thing tonight is going to be like actually pushing myself um but my plans to kind of work out at night which i actually enjoy the most so i'll report ask me next week how uh the home workouts are going awesome so, awesome yeah. six days is, is six days or five days yes yeah, six days a week so that's what we kind of said in the group i'm like zero to six that's never what i would like personally i'm all about like the sustainable integration of like a building a habit, like start with two days a week. And then when that feels easy, do three days a week. And when that feels easy, do four. And if it starts to feel hard, scale back. Uh, but again, that's the part of like a challenge. You know, I wouldn't, if I was just trying to get back into the fitness, I would not start with cool. six, but that's what we're doing. Cool. So cool. It's good. It's good. And so that's a good check-in. This is a good, this is a positive step because you weren't, yeah. uh, you weren't hitting as many classes as you would no, like, now no. you have this challenge group to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. Totally. I like was in a great habit January through the spring and then kind of just fell out of being consistent with that. And just, I said, I had a great summer living my best life. It was my bulking season. <clears throat> so we need to unbulk a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> and honestly, like it's just, better for all the things feeling better confidence mental health like all of that so i'm um, yeah it's it's good and it's an awesome. awesome group so yeah and jake calling calling out your fitness how's your fitness going what and for people that don't know what what programming are you following these days or what do, what do you do kind of like throughout the week for your, for your i've workouts? just been showing up at the gym and even that has been a bit of a struggle now as we've gotten darker and Hmm. Well, it started a new job, so it's figuring out new schedules and hmm. energy levels. And so, you know, past couple of weeks haven't been doing as much, but changing that, changing that. Have but generally outside of the gym, all I do is some running. Like I don't do a lot like running and stretching. Like I don't do a lot of strength training or, or anything really. 
No, mm-hmm. but running has always been kind of been part of your programming though a little bit for I think right mm-hmm. like you've always had some sort of outdoor activity as like a staple that you kind of sneak in regularly right yeah I mean I like being outside so that's a really easy one to do outside and when the weather's nice too like I, I'll go down to that park here and they got mm-hmm. some some bars and different stuff that's just out there for public use yeah. and that's like you know if you're bored one summer afternoon it's a great way to go spend part of the afternoon you know throw on a podcast go just like run around the park it's awesome. Cool. So I like to keep my workouts sort of light and entertaining and engaging that way. Because if I show up and it's like just straight business or too much about numbers and performance, then I'll just lose interest. So, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I do. I do um, our, our programming at campus like five, six days a week, sometimes seven, depending on like I, I bring the kids to the gym every once in a while. So sometimes my off days end up being daddy, you're doing this workout with me kind of days. So um, but I, I definitely feel the need for like in between some sort of breakup. Like I usually go, uh, I'll take my son to CrossFit Friday nights, but every once in a while he'll say like, oh, I just don't want to do it, whatever. And we'll go mountain biking or we'll go for like a quick hike or something like that. But yeah, I definitely like giving the body a little bit of a, of a relax after some intense training mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. week and then, you know, mixing it up, especially outdoor stuff. Outdoor stuff is just awesome. Uh, I well, we gotta get ready for snowboard season. Oh, yeah, snowboard's I've, coming up. I've not <laughs> snowboarded in 12 years. And I used to be like what? very consistent, hardcore every weekend. I was the girl in the like doing the boxes and the rails and like, but I, and then I just stopped like 12 years ago. I was like, you know, I do something all the time. And this year I was like, you know what I'm going to get back into is snowboarding. That was definitely part of my motivation with, with fitness was getting back. And Travis, my like three-year-old has been asking and asking to get, get up to the mountain and go skiing. So he said, I have to hold his hand. I'm like, I need to be back on the board. <laughs> you might need him to hold your hand a little bit and like keep him up for the the ride talking but talking about like how you're just quickly mentioning about breaks i think has been interesting we've implemented yoga at the gym is something to try every other week and it's been full so i think people just also really kind of crave like some of that variety and just the rest of the deep stretch and all of that so we just kind of tested it out and it's you know been pretty successful already so yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And that, uh, stretching and breathing is incredible for recovery. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of my favorite things after a hard workout is literally just lay there, breathe, and then just find all those really painful stretches and just sort of lean into them and breathe through it. Like, that's the best way to get mm-hmm. out of a workout. You would like Rumwad. Have you done Rumwad before? You want painful, long, rum long stretches? Rum. Rum. Oh, Rum. Rumwad. Rum. Rum. I was like, that's for is this like that Friday. <laughs> well, what was it? Did you guys hear about speaking of weird programming? There was someone who was doing, I think it was well, like angry yeah. yoga or something where you would like chug a scream beer yoga. and scream death metal. And yeah, was were we talking about that once? No, like that but, was something we talked about. Yeah. Sorry, what's it called? It's like uh, basically rage yoga. Yeah. It's kind of like the opposite of regular yoga, right? We're supposed to be peaceful and like quiet and all those. And this one is like, no, you're going to get angry and loud and chug a beer and be ridiculous and and get all of that out of you in this hour long sweaty movement session. <laughs> I'd try it. Right? I'd do it. I'd go scream. I'd, yeah. I'd do it once. Maybe, maybe yeah. regularly, but I'd try it. I was just going to say, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's going to be good. Guys, I'm getting yeah. to go to CrossFit. I found my new calling. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga. <laughs> Great job. And then add some smash therapy on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah, shake um, it up. We, I mean, that's, it's an interesting idea. Is like 
we all sort of follow a little bit of a different programming of, of stuff, but like mm-hmm. throughout the years, like I, I did triathlon training at one point and the, oh, wow. the programming that I had to do for that one was like a whole different set of workouts. Right. Cause you're getting up to, I think it's like a half marathon, 20, it's a bunch of running and way more swimming than I was ever able to possibly complete. Right. But my training and everything going into that looked very, very different, but mm-hmm. I can definitely find, think that like the CrossFit style that I've settled in on feels the most like applicable to everyday life. Like I didn't find myself when I was doing the triathlon training, going on very long bike rides for very long times. Cause it's like, you're gone for two hours. I'm like, I don't have really that much time to be able to go do those things. And so it just kind of became like counter counterproductive mm-hmm. to what I actually wanted to do, but it was very, very different. But I'm curious if what, what other types of like programming or training or things have you guys done over the years at, at any point? I mean, you've probably gone through a bunch of different kinds. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I guess don't go ahead, Jake. It's all you. Oh, let's say we want to start the swimming lessons when you're a kid start. Sure. Heck yeah. yeah. That feels like my first bit of programming. I think it was the first time I felt physically challenged to, mm. you know, perform movements and, or, or do things for time. Right. Swimming and then good. we'd have the, uh, Oh, what was it called back in school? One of those, um, you know, where you would, you would run laps for money. Did you guys ever do that? Or have your kids had to do that? The parlor? We would have to, Oh, I forget what this, I forget the name for what we called this thing, but it was a fundraiser for the school. And so you'd have to go out and you'd have to get people to pledge money and they'd either give you a flat donation or they'd give you a like per lap um, dollar amount. And then we would literally do laps around like the whole school yard, which was, you know, like three or four soccer fields big, right? Like a huge yard. <laughs> and it would be all afternoon and you would just run around that. And I think, I hated running for the longest time because of that <laughs> challenge. <laughs> like, especially so when you're a kid, you'd go chug the water and then you get the gut aches and you're just, oh, but you got to keep going. <laughs> the cramps, right? What did, What was your well, first like training program after high school? Because that's like a pretty good indicator of like, what did you actually like? At this point, you can choose your own stuff and like, you've been told what to do for so long. Like, what was some of the first stuff that you did after high school? Yeah, I think it was pretty much straight into CrossFit. Um, so like okay. I did powerlifting through high school, which was a lot more just, you know, lifting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just traditional weightlifting movements. And then my brother started getting into some CrossFit stuff and I had, I sort of like got away from a lot of physical activity. And then once he was into the CrossFit, he drug my mom and I over to a class once and I absolutely hated that first class, but really fell in love with the, the philosophy of, of CrossFit and, and just how functional and I think practical a lot of the workouts seemed. Yeah. So your brother got you into it. Yeah. Yeah. So he was into, he got really into sports in high school and did a lot of his own training and then got into the fire department. So he had to keep in really good shape. And a lot of guys there were already doing CrossFit. So he just sort of, you know, found it. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of one of the testaments to CrossFit's training methodology, whether you like believe in CrossFit as a brand name or functional fitness as a, as like a broader term, it's application in real world scenarios like police and fire and military and like all those things. It's what just a lot of people who have to use, you know, their body and survive and be able to do these like functional things. It's the training that they go to, right. Mm-hmm. To be able to do mm-hmm. it. So yeah. totally cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. For 
myself, it was like in high school, I was a competitive dancer and danced like seven, six, seven days a week and had, I think it was like grade 11 or 12. I had like a, a personal trainer who worked with dancers. And that was kind of my first like real training program. And to this day, even doing push-ups or certain things, she was so attention to detail on like what muscles to focus on or things like that. And it was so one-on-one and she was so high-end that a lot of that like technique that still people generally like, oh, you have good technique comes from my dancer's background and then having her as a personal trainer for two years. Um, And then, yeah, kind of like Jake, then moved into swimming. My career for 10 years was lifeguarding. So um, I was teaching swimming lessons, having to keep up with the physical standards. And um, yeah, swimming is no joke. It's like, no matter how fit you are, you get in the water and do one length and you're like, whoo, that's like, <laughs> it's it's challenging. So, and then, and then working in recreation definitely had a, a phase of Zumba and step classes and like all of that. And then what kind of sold me into CrossFit was my office in rec was across from the staff room. And even though I had full access to like, when I go up to the gym, everyone knew me and I didn't want to go up there. That wasn't like relaxing. People had questions or I was like overlooking the pool, which was super stressful to like watch what was going on. It was like, I didn't like going to my own gym. Workout classes were good, but my staff were all going to CrossFit. So they'd all come in and out of the staff room. We all know, we all know like the CrossFit talk, like how was your workout? Like, why are you sore? And they all talked about it. And I was like, Hey, what are you guys always talking about? Like, I need to try this out. Um, so I actually went to a class with a bunch of like staff at the time um and after like my first class I was like awesome just like the lifting part of it and then for me like right away was just like the community which I've talked about before was like enjoying the programming of like the variety and all of that but like the community part of it and like yeah pushing harder than I definitely was before and then I've never really gone back to anything else and then there was some yoga in there I did Bikram yoga and oxygen yoga and I definitely have always like wish there was a way to have a, a hybrid of yoga and CrossFit because um, that's just such a like I just enjoyed that emotion. I wish I could do both like yoga and CrossFit but at the time like looking at purchasing two memberships for that I was like yeah that's that's not not a thing um, so yeah I always that's I I guess I did take a break for a little bit for CrossFit and I found a gym that had childcare and a, a selling point for that was they had basically a gym, a spin studio and yoga and your membership gave you access to all three of those. And that was the first time I loved being able to plan my week and be like, okay, today I'm doing spin, tomorrow I'm doing a lifting class, Wednesday I'm going to do yoga um, and having that full ability to kind of have a menu of, of what kind of made sense for like my body or whatever during that time. So yeah, I think I've done a lot of different variety of those things throughout the last 15 years. <laughs> Uh-huh. That almost that almost sounds like a like a, a different topic on itself is like the the draw between the different facilities, right? Like you mentioned mm-hmm. childcare and it had nothing to do with really the program or anything else. It was like I'm at this stage where I do not get my workout in if my child is not cared for. So yeah. that limits my options down to like this type of facility. And, and that's that's a huge thing. Like we in recreation we had childcare and those were, those tickets were sold out all the time. And we built a, a large rec center, the Grandview Heights rec center. And even through the development as the staff, we were like, we need a childcare place and they just didn't put a childcare room in there. And that just removes like in a family oriented facility completely removed access for a lot of people not having childcare. And recently talking to another person who's building a rec center in a different city um, was saying that those aren't things necessarily that are on 
builders front of mind. And those are the things I was saying as like a staff advocate, like those are some things that we should have pushed for harder because we knew that they were needed, but then didn't do them. And then it's too late once the facility's built. Um, there's a few things like that around like room space, meeting space, childcare space, but yeah, to basically be able to meet the demographic of families and have something for everybody. Childcare is a huge, huge piece in fitness easier well, said than done too. there's lots of challenges around running childcare, but yeah it, well it's the it's the mix of everything right like you know we mm -hmm. talked a lot about the programming that we like and everything and you know jake highlighted how he likes to get the run in, and you highlighted how you need to have the childcare. and like really that's mm -hmm. kind of what it comes down to is that the the fitness consumer kind of they 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 don't have options over some things right they need to get outside every once in a while they need to have their child because this works in the time of day or or whatever it happens to be right mm -hmm. um and i think for from a programming perspective the things that certain gyms can do is at least give people the variety that you can like you maybe not you maybe can't offer childcare assistance because of the facility or whatever but maybe if people say they want to have yoga and and functional fitness and strength training you can offer that one class a week or like find a specialty trainer or somebody to do those kind of things right but that's kind of the main the main idea behind it right and so we wanted to we wanted to dig in a little bit about the different types of CrossFitting and or different types of programming. We talked about CrossFit uh, a lot, um, and most of the people that listen to this podcast will be very familiar with CrossFit programming. But I think it's important just to ground people on like kind of what that is, right? And so, um, in a lot of in a lot of gyms or a lot of trainers, you can get a workout from them in a bunch of different ways. And there's a bunch of different ways that you can sort of um, execute on those workouts. Some trainers you go to, you'll get given a Monday through Sunday routine, like a seven day a week routine, and you repeat that every week for three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, whatever it happens to be. Um, other places will just give you a workout and they say, this is your, your block. This is your six week program. And you repeat this over and over and over again. CrossFit's mentality is, is almost like you never do the same workout twice. Although in reality of that, you actually do end up doing certain benchmarks and certain tests uh, repeatedly and certain things like a back squat and a bench press on a regular basis. But the idea behind CrossFit's programming is it's constantly varied and it's always changing. And there's some nuance behind this that you should hit different muscle groups in certain areas and you should have a mix of time domains. So like short sprint, like zero to two minute stuff, kind of like two to 10 minute stuff. And then like 10 minute longer kind of time domains. Um, and you should also mix up the number of components, right? So they call them like singlets, doublets, uh, triplets, couplets, like those kind of things. And so did I say doublets? I think they're called couplets. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it, it's some mix of those things. And there is there is a formula that's supposed to go uh, to go into that, right? And that's, I think, where some of the draw is for the uh, first responders and the military trainers and stuff like that, that they're constantly getting things thrown at them that, um, what do they say? It's like, be ready for the unknown and the unknowable or something like that. Prepare for the unknown and the unknowable. And so that's kind of the idea behind CrossFit is that it's always preparing you for something different, right? And it kind of always uh, balances things out among people, right? So you might have something that's a little bit of speed plus a little bit of strength, and then the strong people will be fast at one part and slow at the other and vice versa, and everyone kind of ends up even at the end. So that's kind of the, you know, the idea behind the CrossFit style mm -hmm. of programming and stuff like that. Um, now, what I thought would be good is transition that into as a, as a, gym owner or a, a, an individual trainer, anybody that's doing this stuff, there's a bunch of ways that you can do this, both in where you get the programming from, but 
how you sort of deliver it too, right? And Nicole, I thought that would be a good place for maybe you to start because you mm-hmm. uh, you deal with a lot of our clients on a regular basis and help them get their mm-hmm. programming in or get our affiliate programming loaded in. So what have you seen in terms of the options and what have people been doing? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really varied again. And there's just the options kind of weighing the pros and cons of what makes sense for your business um, as well. Sometimes you might might not even realize there's other options outside of what, you know, gyms currently do. So I think a pretty common one is someone in-house doing programming. So uh, someone on the team, a coach, a group of coaches responsible for programming. Um, you know, another option is outsourcing that to somebody else. So hiring somebody who uh, does programming specifically for your gym, maybe it's not within your gym. And then the other, you know, kind of bigger category now, and I think this is an area that we're seeing grow and more and more kind of people show up in this space is um basically purchasing programming. So kind of whether that's a month at a time or on like a monthly program. And there's so many varieties out there of those, but pretty much paying somebody else through that job and just getting that programming, potentially having to massage it for your gym, adjusting certain things based on equipment, um, but basically following somebody else and taking that kind of decision um, out of like a coach in your gym kind of thing. So yeah, I think all three of those are seen. Um and yeah, there's kind of pros and cons to, to all of them that we've we've seen. But I think the, kind of the biggest overview thing as we kind of dig a little bit deeper into each one is um, the biggest like thing people I we've seen hands on people get stuck with is is not being prepared. Uh, I think that's why people are going more and more toward the route of having it done for them is just it's one little thing. And when you're and we know hands on when you're operating a day to day facility, so many other things come up and then it ends up being at midnight the night before that person responsible is trying to figure the programming out and getting it out and maybe not the most intentional, maybe not flowing all the way through, maybe not meeting the needs of what you need and then just sometimes not being prepared for for the next day, I would say is like the biggest um challenge we see out there i shouldn't say the biggest challenge we see out there with programming but you know one of them for sure is i wonder now we all um we all come from a time in the crossfit space where um, a coach walking into a gym grabbing a whiteboard throwing something up there and then just pressing go was kind of the way that things were were done right and that came with its own pros and cons but it was uh kind of the way things were you know 20 say 14 to 17 18 kind of thing Mm -hmm. like that was pretty sort of acceptable practice right like jake i can imagine that you probably remember like walking into into a crossfit gym and they're just being you know randomly whiteboard things thrown up there or the coach sort of like just deciding things on the fly and like the the difference between like that and something that is structured is is very different have you noticed kind of different sides of the of of those types of programming totally totally um i feel like i get um i get through a lot more when it's structured you know like it's something i've liked where you guys have introduced sort of that time element to a lot of it too it's like hey okay the workout is going to be like or you know warm up precisely like eight minutes go you know like here's what you're going to do and then we're going to do this little section and then that little section. Um, that's been really nice. I feel like beforehand, you just kind of looked at it. You're like, okay, I have an hour to get all of that done. La, 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 la. You know, like, 
you just kind of move at a different pace um, versus when there's there's sort of like this increased sense of urgency there mm -hmm. where it's kind of like, oh, crap, I only got five minutes to warm up. Let's let's get it, you know? Right. right. Hmm. It's intentional yeah. training, right? Like you definitely get to fit uh, as much as you can into that into that one hour. Right. And mm -hmm. both methods are fine. I think for me, the the piece that has played out with more effective results, let's say, is like anything, when you plan, the results is going to be better, right? Mm -hmm. And when you can see things build week over week, right? Like maybe you don't have, you know, back squats every Monday, but you back squatted heavy last week and then you went lighter for a few weeks and you did some more reps or something like that. And then all of a sudden this test came up again and you were able to see a, a very clear difference, right? Or like you're tracking it in the app and you can see you went from, you know, you did it in 12 minutes to you did it in 11 minutes kind of thing. Like it's a very, very clear sort of build up and progression and you can see that in a in a program that is more detailed and fleshed out versus a you know a lot of the older crossfit boxes i can't say that i don't know if there's a tremendous amount of boxes still doing it like this today but you know back in 2016 when i started there was kind of like you're going by the feel of the gym right if you had a heavy workout today you might make it a little bit lighter tomorrow because it felt heavy but what that does is for the people that didn't show up yesterday and show up today and today is their day that they're going to crush it, you end up with these biases, right? Like there's the feeling of things and kind of the feeling of how the gym plays out. And that that manifests itself in the, the actual programs and the workouts that are programmed and the things that happen and kind of the way that, that fleshes out versus if you plan it out and you say, okay, this is the best 28 day cycle and this will achieve these goals you go into it day in day out and you just kind of put the head down and you do the work and you don't question it. You kind of don't go about it that way. You just, you know, you listen to the coach, whoever the coach is that happened to program that, whether it be you personally four weeks ago when you thought it was a good idea to program this workout or somebody that you paid to do that with. Right. It's, it's just the intention behind the planning. I think that mm -hmm. is uh, kind of one of the, one of the bigger pieces of things. And it's one of the big differences, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I know I was sort of trash talking how we had, you know, deadlifts a lot, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But I did notice within the programming, though, that it was like we started off with a lot of focus on form and it was heavier or not heavy, uh, just bigger quantity of reps. But focusing on that form, on that form. And then we get to that third or fourth week. And now we were going for, you know, two rep maxes up to a one rep max. You know, so I could see where, oh, OK, we were really focusing on that specific movement over this time and giving ourselves that rest time before we come back and try mm -hmm. and, you know, one up ourselves again. Cause like, you just see the ways that it was, we were building on that movement and focusing on those muscle groups and strengthening those specifically, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, and I think that, I mean, there's a couple points. I know someone recently was saying to me like, it's hard when you only show up after you haven't been there for a month and you show up on one, one rep max day and you're like, all right, I'm ready to crush my one rep max, even though I haven't been training for the previous three weeks. Like, no, no, no. And that's just part of it too, is like, you know, as coaches and, you know, owners, as people are sliding into the classes, like that comes down to like, that's where, you know, we hear this too. It's, it's more than just the programming. You can give anybody like programming. It's like the stimulus intention, like how your coaches like modify and scale and are aware of your athletes to avoid like issues when you are doing, you know, programming that has intention like that and build over time 
like how you manage people when they kind of jump in there. So, um, but kind of with those kind of overview topics of like where you can get programming from, Tony, what would you say if you have a coach in-house responsible for your programming, what would you say to a, like a gym owner to, to have success with someone in-house doing your, your programming? Mm. Uh, yeah, that's good. You still have to have a plan no matter what. You need to have a plan. It can be a week. It can be a couple days. Did maybe you say a plan? A I love plan. plans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can we just for a second here? You have to have a plan. Money <laughs> just got better. Here, go ahead, Tony. I feel like I, that was a shot, shot over this direction, but I'll. Uh, <laughs> a plan. A plan is an important plan. part of things. Yes. Fair. Like, no matter what, there has to be a plan. And um, Yes, a plan and some sort of like moderation or check and balance or feedback loop. Like, let's say, yeah. you know, because no matter what, you're going to bias it to yourself. Unless you're like, I've worked with some really good um, programmers and coaches who can just program outside of themselves and they just put the workout out there whether they mm. like it or not and it's the right thing but that's a very like there's a very few people that can do that no matter what you're going to be biased to what you know and what your experiences are right like when i started doing crossfit stuff i never would have programmed like man makers or like these these dumbbell thruster movements because i just wasn't aware of them i'd never seen them until somebody else programmed it for me and i went what are these things you know like so I think uh, a sanity check with somebody else, definitely a plan, at least like seven days in advance. And then definitely like a feedback loop. Oh, the best programming that I have, I have seen like mayhem is a good example of this. Um, they test ruthlessly. Like they test all their programming. Once it's published, they've done it in their own gym or some of the people that are behind the programming have done those workouts multiple times. So mm -hmm. they understand like when you do the time domain stuff and you say that the warm up should be the first 10 minutes and then like the strength should be like, you know, minute 10 to 25 and the Metcon should be minute like 25 to 60 or whatever. They know that that's an achievable thing to do and that they can, they can actually do that. And it's good for the athletes. You know, the worst case scenario is when you program something and the class ends 15 minutes early because you misinterpreted the reps or how long something would take somebody or you program it and it runs super long. And then, um, you know, you're, you have a class still doing workout and that class is showing up. Some people don't like they don't feel like they get to finish. So it's just really, really important that you that you get that stuff right. So plan, run it by some people and test if you get a chance to do it. For mm -hmm. sure. I think the thing you just said there was even like it's all good to have a plan or even say seven days out, but like actually sticking to that, like on the Sunday night, like, you know, two weeks before the entire week needs to be done. So you give yourself enough time for that. Um, that's probably the most important thing we see. Yeah. And I'll add to that's been a great part of the, uh, I think a difference I've noticed since you've implemented a lot more of that time structure is that like everyone has been finishing within that hour, you know, the entire workout. Um, I rarely felt like there was a time when you know, I didn't have enough time. And, and I think conversely, it's been fun to have it sort of surprise me in other ways and say, wow, I could actually do that in that short amount of time. Cause there's some of those Metcons that I look at and I go, no way, I'm not going to get that done in 12 minutes, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and then you go through it and all of a sudden, wow, I got that done in 9:45. I'm amazing. Like, and you get to leave the gym feeling so much better about yourself. 
Yeah, because uh, there, there is something this, to be this workout. There's something to be said for the efficiency of like functional fitness workouts and like CrossFit workouts. Um, just being able to uh, to quickly move through these things, and you hear it from new people that join CrossFit for the first time. They always like they're laying on the ground after like an eight minute workout, and they're like, "Why do I feel like this?" It's so short. It was like so quickly, mm -hmm. such a short period of time. Like we had one last week that was a nine, nine minute workout. It was snatches and burpee box jump overs or something. And I specifically heard that from somebody after the class. They're like, that was only nine minutes. Like how is that nine minutes? Yeah. Yeah. And I like too how the, a lot of the movements can be so basic or you can make such difficult workouts that are just your body weight. I know I've even taken some of these out uh, over the summer. I was doing some workouts, just body weight by the lake or something. And you'd be doing a little 10 minute workout, but completely drenched in sweat, just doing some, you know, like where you go elbow down. Um, what are those where you go down to your forearms again and then climb back up? Um, like I always call them up, up, down, downs, but there's probably a up, up. more efficient name for those than up, up, down, down. But I like up, up, down, downs. But you're going to say in your head now, you're up, up, down, down, up, up. Exactly. Somebody yeah. give me a term, please. Yeah. I mean, even just doing a little circuit of that for 10 minutes, you know, between some some air squats and, and some of that, you, you'd be surprised at how tired you get. It's true. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of fun with those workouts. Totally. So then up, in terms up, down, of down. up, up, down, down. Yes. In terms yeah. of up, up, down, down. No. Um, so you have a, you have a CrossFit, you have, if you have someone on staff and I think for us, when we, you know, got our gym, um, we didn't necessarily have anybody on staff who we had people that were fully capable of doing programming, but nobody who was like, heck yeah, I want it. And we didn't really have the ability to take that on. And we'd already been working with, um, a contract of doing our programming for our virtual gym um, and that kind of slid over to that. So that's kind of like another option. I think this is probably one of like the least used or maybe not like as common. Um, Unique was basically outsourcing, like hiring a person to do programming for your gym. So you still get some of the customizability for your gym, really connected to your equipment, really connected to like the cycles or things that you can say, like our team is looking for this thing and this thing over the coming month. Can we do more of this or less of this? And then having a person actually write that programming for the gym. So Tony, what have you kind of seen about, about that having, it's definitely less commonly used like the mm -hmm. um, uh, the common things are the affiliate programming or the gym programming like houses like mm -hmm. Mayhem and Invictus and like even like CrossFit has their affiliate programming now that I, I think is now available for sale or maybe it's still free for some people but like those are definitely more common. Um, I am seeing a little bit more of collaboration let's say where like maybe in greater Vancouver, we have like three or four people who are just good at programming because they coach a couple pro athletes and stuff like that. And they maybe do programming for a couple other houses, or you might have a, you know, a coach that you've worked with in the past that just, you know, isn't coaching as much, but is good at this sort of stuff. And so you sort of lean on those things. I think part of it is gyms are starting to realize how important programming is. And I think that's where like, I kind of called it out like somewhere in between 2017 and 2019, I feel like around all the transitions with CrossFit, um, a lot of people kind of started to realize how important the programming was and how critical it is to the actual product that you put out there. 
And so they started investing a little bit more into it, making sure that it's not right. And just not having, you know, a coach write something on the whiteboard the night before and just kind of wing it, right? It's, you actually have to have it as part of your, your product. Um, and so uh, they're starting to look for it a little bit more. There's kind of that, uh, that, that gap opening up of like subcontract programming writers, I suppose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. Um, and then basically purchasing programming things to look for. How do you know what to pick? What's out there? Benefits? For purchasing programming. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I covered on a few of the options like CrossFit affiliate is one yeah. of the bigger ones. Um, Deca comp is ones. There's a, there's a few different, like, let's maybe talk categories. There's, um, you, there's lots of individual sort of virtual one-on-one -on -one programs. Like there's tons of free ones. Um, we have one called beyond the box that you can go get free daily workouts for. Um, you can do that sort of thing. There's the, uh, the obviously affiliate programming houses that you can get stuff from. And a lot of that comes preloaded into a lot of the gym management software. So like, um, with best box, you can preload any of those programs that you want in some of the, some of the other players like Wattify and SugarWad and those guys, they have, um, like pre-built sort of stuff that's in there. Um, and I think there's like, in some cases there's marketplaces where you can buy catalogs of different stuff. And that's not just. Uh, daily wad programming like there's specialty stuff in there that you can get um that's another good one that you can get inside or outside of gym management stuff is like specialty ab workout programs uh, strength programs endurance programs like athlete specific or like sport specific training type ones um those are kind of all options out there um yeah I think that's kind yeah. of the directions people will go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think one thing that I've noticed in the purchasing of programs that is really beneficial just for cohesiveness of a team and consistency in like coaching and, and basically like leading a class. Um, and I saw this even be integrated more in the world of like swimming lessons and, you know, teaching first aid classes is basically providing like lesson plans. It's one thing just to write a workout and say, you know, here's the workout for the day, but it's all the extra stuff that you're getting when you purchase a program that has like your class timing. Like you said, Jake, that you've really liked having that guide for a coach. You come in, you can kind of plan that way pre kind of scales provided. So the coach, same thing, like there's generally a base of knowledge that's expected for you to be able to scale, but having those quick resources there, uh, the timing of the class and just all of that, I think is something that we kind of said, we know, we know from observing and kind of being in the space long enough that, you know, there's more and more new coaches coming into the, to the game and more, um, just having having that like extra level of support for your team i know our team has really liked having the stimulus that pretty much gives you like a pair kind of a little mini paragraph of like here's what to think about here's what our focus is on because it can it's everything can be so interpreted of what is important and what the goal is of what you're trying to do that day in a session um so i think that's been something that's a huge huge bonus to going out and sourcing a program is having that part of it done for you uh, for your team and ultimately for your athletes in that way yeah. 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 I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I like mm -hmm. the um I like the the self-led component of having a session plan or a stimulus built into mm -hmm. that. Have you actually, Jake, have you even noticed that in the in the workouts? How there's at one point we didn't have a meaty paragraph assigned to every day that sort of explained behind it. And we added that in we added that in when we went when we, yeah we added it in originally when we went to home workouts because we realized if an athlete oh we we implemented it when 
people could come into the gym and do open gym, but couldn't have a coach lead the class. So basically right. we needed to take that little blurb that the coach kind of said, here's what you're focusing on. Here's to think about when you're picking your weights and basically make that self-serve. So here's like a paragraph that you can read and that's what's in the end. We never got rid of it because when it wasn't there, people were like, well, how do I know what I'm focusing on? So have you yeah. noticed yeah. that? I don't know if I've noticed that specifically, but it was a, a point I was going to say here was that I feel like there has been less maybe substitution and confusion around workouts because the mm -hmm. coach is sort of explaining, here's what we're doing, here's the intention, um, and here are the kinds of weights to be picking based on what you're feeling or, you know, mm -hmm. what the goal of the workout is, right? If it's for time, you know, you want to be fast in this workout, so maybe you should go lighter on the weight. You know, you're going to sweat because we're doing this rapidly versus, mm -hmm. hey, this workout is a little bit, you're focused on your form, you want to do things properly, maybe challenge yourself a little bit, you know, get a little deeper, put a little more weight on there. Um, so I don't know that I've necessarily read it, but I think I've experienced it through the coach explaining that and going through it. Cause I feel like that is a new addition that you've brought to the gym now where I feel each section of the workout is sort of introduced, explained. And then we check in with everyone and say, cool, you know, are you good? You have your, you've made your decisions, you yeah. made your decisions. All right. All right. And I feel like, um, I, I'm not scientific about this, but I feel like there have been less substitutions or changes or modifications to the workouts hmm. um, because that's happening. Um, hmm. I noticed I do that less because now I understand what the intention of the workout is. So I go, oh, no, that's okay. I'm totally going to just choose a way lighter weight than I was originally thinking because mm -hmm. the goal of the workout is to do this. Okay, I get it now. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally. been a huge change for sure. Mm -hmm. That sounds right. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I think it's it gives people the um, uh, excuse, excuse is maybe the wrong word, but it gives people the understanding of like how to actually approach the workout a little bit better and like the ability to go, no, I'm going to go lighter. And you know, like you said, this is the intention of it, right? And they end up, mm -hmm. I find they end up moving safer because they understand that like the intention is not strong. And that's when people mm -hmm. get injured is when they try to just like too much weight every single time. Just because mm -hmm. you can snatch at 95 pounds doesn't mean that you want to do it 60 times for speed. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. not yeah. necessarily a fun thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I think before, because you only had the two options, right? It would be like, here's, you know, men's weight and ladies weight. You know, that's kind of how yeah. everything was always broken down and presented. And you're like, oh, well, okay, I can't do any of that, but I'm going to try and, you know, tough it out and do it, um, you know, versus this time. I think I noticed it with just my, what's it, my, my pull-ups. You know, for a long time, I was doing them banded or, you know, partial or just, um, you know, chest to bar and stuff. And, and then finally getting into where I could sort of kip through five, um, mostly because I challenged myself in the workouts and said, OK, no, you're going to you're not going to sub that out. You're not going to ring row. You're not going to you're going to do as close as you can to that full push up every time or mm -hmm. pull up. Sorry. Um, but scale it appropriately so I can finish the workout, you know, versus saying, no, I'm going to try and just be tough and do like five strict pull-ups yeah. every time. No, I'm going to burn out and I'm not going to finish the workout. And that's not what we're trying to encourage the body to learn, right? We want yeah. the body to learn how to do this full thing over 10 minutes, right? So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So like, no matter what direction a gym goes in terms of having a coach doing it or purchasing the programming, what are kind of some best ways to like eat? basically integrate your programming into systems if you have them or like delivering it to your class to make a better class experience. Uh, like what are athletes looking for with that programming? 
Well, for like for us, uh, we'll integrate everything into BestBox and just, um, you know, whether you have a spreadsheet sort of flat file or want to just like program it by hand, we set everything up that way. And then that's obviously mm -hmm. the way you deliver it. Um, if you have a gym management system, that's generally the easiest way to do it. If your system does it, I know some just do billing and stuff like that. So, um, uh, you know, outside of that, if you don't have a system, um, at least publishing like seven days mm -hmm. in advance or printing these things out is, is good. Like I said, even there's, there's the hesitation of people don't want to give out the workouts in advance because they're afraid people will like cherry pick the workouts and like, sure, there will be some portion of that. But at the end of the day, the people are still going to probably show up three, four times like they would normally, they'll just pick three, four different days. And like, I don't know, you just kind of got to balance what you want to pay attention to at that point. But mm -hmm. um, in terms of actually rolling it out, yeah, into into the system automatically, um, at the very least, plan it in a spreadsheet and plan it in advance. And then you can either just kind of have it handed out or something or write it up on a whiteboard or chalkboard in the gym. Totally. Nice. Cool. Woohoo. Yeah. So I think if there's, um, there's a couple things that I know have been weird about in terms of athletes asking for things. Um, yes. Have you, you've been running into this a little bit, Nicole, with some of the rollouts for some of the new people, right? What as what are some of the things that you found that people have been asking for around the programming? Like, um, on things they want to see things change scalable. i just yeah i just think it's it's really dependent and on the athlete and the and the gym and the coach and things like that but i think um i totally lost my train of thought on that awesome the, what were we i was about? trying to remind you because there's a few people that have asked you for like how can I see the workouts in advance or I don't want to show the workouts for certain people or like those kind of things. Right. right. So that, that was kind of the conversation around like exactly what you kind of said. Do we show the workouts in advance? Do we keep it hidden and release it 24 hours before? What are the pros and cons? What are the right things to do? What thing is the best thing to do? And what is like something I think is just the best thing to do because I've always done it. But if I like kind of stretch myself realizing that, you know, kind of, we just said, you know, it, it are you going to run into that many problems if you're releasing your workout early? What are the kind of pros and cons to that? And I think even talking to the coaches, um, you know, people that do programming is that, you know, there is a level of, you know, making sure your programming meets for everybody in your gym, but you're also in some ways, like there's always going to be somebody that has an opinion. So you need to make sure you have the ability to kind of take that feedback from your members and then be able to, um, massage that out in the best way, whether that is a conversation back. Sometimes it is like, oh, hey, you're right. Here's something that maybe we haven't been aware of. And that's really great feedback. Or maybe it's like, oh, you might think this, but if we can educate you on understanding why, like that's a pretty common thing just in a lot of areas that sometimes people just need an explanation of like why it's done that way. And once somebody has an understanding of that, they're like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. And I think there's been a few other topics come out or the debate around, you know, when you're planning out your programming, let's say you're doing a cycle, um, do you have your cycle days for, you know, let's just say deadlift or, or bench be on the same day every week, like every Monday is deadlift day, every Wednesday is bench day? Um, or do you alternate the days in the week for the people that only come to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday? And again, there's debate of, yeah, if you shuffle it around, people get more variety. And then there's the conversation from some coaches that say, if you come every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you just work on those three movements, you're probably going to see more success in those areas. So yeah, I think there's a, a, a lot of debatable kind of topics around how soon do you release your workouts? How do you take the feedback from your members and apply it? Um, and 
yeah. Cool. Yeah. I wanted, Jake, what's your what's your final vote on show the workouts to you in advance so that you can like mentally prepare or don't show them to you because you might get scared and run away and not show up? <laughs> Me personally, I don't look at them until I show up because uh, otherwise I will sort of psych myself out of it or like over prep or do something. So uh, like, yeah, a long time ago, I decided, nope, just show up to the gym. Just like pick your day and say, I'm going these days. And then just doing doing what's there. <laughs> and I think that's the right attitude to leave it with. It's just like, just show up at the end of the day. You know, it'll be better than not showing up. Yeah. And if you can have a plan, that is greater than no plan. But yeah. showing up is better than no yeah. plan and not showing up. And if you see the workout Over. you don't think you can do, just show up because you probably can. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of times, too, I've been encouraged by the coaches. They're like, no, you can do that. Oh, okay. I'll try. And then, yeah, of course I can. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really easy to psych ourselves out of it. Yeah, so totally. that's, that's where I adopted that attitude. Right. I think it ties in with that whole, you know, police and fire, everything, right. Mm -hmm. Just be prepared for anything. Right. So yeah. best way to practice yeah. that is to show up and not knowing what you're going to do. Say, all right, let's do this. Totally. So, there you go. Love it.